Praise the Lord. We welcome you to our live broadcast this Sunday, August 15, 2021. Shall we pray? Our Father and our God, hallowed be thy name. We come before you, O God, that you may use us to speak, that you may use us to gain understanding and help both us and those who hear and watch. That your grace will abound to our account, all who hear, all who watch or listen. That you visit each home, each heart, that they may know the hope of your calling and why they must rise up and continue the work that their King and Lord has done, promoting his gospel and his ways and announcing the soon coming to rule the earth. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon every home and that all homes, wherever they are, every contrary spirit will be spared at the hearing of this word in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That anyone in bondage shall be freed at the hearing of this word in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That those who have been blinded, their eyes shall be opened. Those whose ears have been stopped that they can't hear, we hear. Those whose hearts have been hardened will be recircumcised by the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our instrumental again taken for Barakale Brassi. We continue to thank him. We continue to pray that God will continue to bless his home. We continue with our Clash of the Kingdoms series. The series outline last Sunday, which was the beginning, John announced the advent of the Kingdom of Heaven, which is the same as the Kingdom of God. Today we shall be speaking on number two on the board, opposition by Jewish religious leaders to the kingdom of God. That's today's topic, opposition by Jewish religious leaders to the kingdom of God. Outline. God is among humans, number one. Two. The clash on the Sabbath question. Three. He is accused of consulting with sinners. Four. Jesus is accused of casting out demons with the power of Satan. Number one, God is among humans. First scripture, please. Mark chapter 2, verses 5 to 12. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Verse 6. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves. Verse 7. What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or 
stand up, pick up your mat and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Praise the Lord. Verse 6 said, But some of the teachers of religious law, that will be the scribes and the Pharisees, who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Of course only God can forgive sins. Verse 8, Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mouth, and walk? So I, the I am, God, will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Praise the Lord. Only God is all-knowing. Even the thoughts and intents of our hearts, God knows. So for the Lord Jesus Christ to know the thoughts and the intents, what does that make him? God. Secondly, he demonstrated by the healing the paralyzed man that he has authority to forgive sins because that's what they were saying. I want to prove to you that I am that I am. I had authority to forgive sins. Of course, the Pharisees knew that only God can forgive sins. Of course, yes. And Jesus is God. That's why he can forgive sins. Those two things, the all-knowing and the power and authority to heal at his command and to forgive sins, this should have convinced the religious leaders that God was indeed among humans. They didn't need any other proof. That proof was there. The all-knowing God and authority to forgive sins. But they couldn't comprehend. Just as many of us today cannot comprehend the truth being spoken if our hearts are not yielded to God. They are so corrupted their souls that God blinded them. Yes. When we continue to refuse the truth, God will allow us to be blinded. And so those who ought to be teachers of the law didn't know. But the commoners, the majority, the masses, the untutored, the unlettered at the time, were the ones who were saying, something is here. They're the ones who were amazed and were already more like saying, ah, this could be the Messiah. But you see, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, that all fallen so far from faith in God that their hardened hearts could no longer comprehend and their eyes so blinded. Let's go to the next one. 
the clash on the Sabbath question. Scripture, please. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with, self, with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Suddenly, a man in the synagogue, who was possessed by an evil spirit, began shouting, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus cut him short. Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the evil spirit screamed, threw the man into a convulsion, and then came out of him. Verse 27. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. Praise the Lord. Recall from last Sunday, we brought up the five major groups in Israel at the time of our Lord. The Sadducees, who were the priestly class. You had the Pharisees with the scribes. And the saints, some will call it the sins. Various revolutionary groups. And then the majority of the people, the commoners, as they call them. They were the majority. Of all the five groups, only the masses were mostly excited, the so-called common people. The so-called untutored people unlettered in their days. They were the ones who were mostly excited and accepting of Jesus. When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority. Quite unlike teachers of the religious law. Of course, he is God. He has to teach with authority. Of course. He gave the law. In 127, amazement gripped the audience and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority. Of course, it has to have such authority. God is speaking to his people. Even if whose spirits obey his orders. Let's scripture, please. Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. At about that time, Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, so they began breaking off some heads of grain and eating them. But some Pharisees saw them do it and protested. Look, your disciples are breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, Haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and he and his companions broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. And haven't you read in the law of Moses that the priests on duty in the temple may walk on the Sabbath? I tell you, there's one here who is even greater than the temple. But you would not have condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For the Son of Man is Lord, even over the Sabbath. Praise the Lord. I don't know how else it could be put that explicitly. Let us look at chapter, that's 12, verse 6. I tell you, there is one here who is even greater than the temple. 
Remember that the whole of uh, the, the, the Israel at that time, the temple was the most revered. But here the Lord is telling you there is one here who is greater than the temple. Who can be greater than the temple if not God? But you will not have condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. Because from the beginning, sacrifice was not what God wanted. He wanted willing hearts to serve him. For the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. I don't want to get into the Sabbath question where people have made Sabbath today they are God and form denominations according to deceiving people all over the world. Next scripture, please. Matthew chapter 12, verses 9 to 14. Then Jesus went over to their synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees asked Jesus, Does the law permit a person to walk by healing on the Sabbath? They were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him. And he answered, If you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the Lord permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 11. And he answered, If you had sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you want to pull it out? Of course you will, because you people are hypocrites. He was exposing their hypocrisy to the masses. These your so-called leaders are hypocrites. They will pull out a sheep, but they will not permit healing. They will not permit good works. Whereas from the beginning, the whole intent of the Sabbath was never to get people into bondage, but to do what? To free the people. You see, the religious leaders had made the law and the Sabbath so onerous. That is, they have made so many, they have put so much body, so many things that God never gave Moses. They are meant for us who are meant for good of the people, converted it into punishment. They have become the police or the security to say you didn't do this. They have become God to their people. They have added so many things to the Torah. So many things to the laws that Moses gave them. Whereas that was never in the law that God gave Israel through Moses. No doubt. The Lord must have healed and done many miracles other days of the week. But I believe the authors of the Gospels purposely drew attention to the healings and miracles on the Sabbath to expose the hypocrisy of the religious leaders and to set the records right on what the Sabbath really means. There's no doubt about that. They were bringing out this, the clash, to show people that, look, this is what was taking place. But there have been other miracles other days. But they reported mostly on the miracles and healings on Sabbath days to prove to people that when God gave the law and the Sabbath was part of that law, it was not meant to punish people, but it was really for the good of the people. The writers of the gospel wanted their audience, that's those they were writing to, and that's us today too, to know that Jesus was the Messiah, 
that Moses had commanded Israel to listen to. When Moses gave them the law, which really is not Moses, because in those days we read in school, Moses was the lawgiver. No, God was the lawgiver, not Moses. Moses had commanded them to listen to whatever he said and did on the Sabbath. That is, whatever God says is about the Sabbath is what is correct. Because he's Lord on the Sabbath. He gave the laws on the Sabbath. So only he can interpret what he really means. And Moses commanded Israel that they must listen to this new prophet who is going to come. And whatever he tells them to do, they must do. Many if he says, forget this one, that's it. Cancel this one, this. But do this this way. This finish. Moses did warn them. But were they listening? The so-called teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, they were all there. They all read the scriptures. They all have the scriptures. But they have thwarted God's plan. The same way 21st century church leaders have thwarted God's plan. Nothing different. I'm not going to draw the lines for you today. You have been hearing this from this minister for so long. You should be able to draw the lines and see that today is no different from that time in Palestine. Always remember that. That religious leaders can be totally out and the so-called common people who are not ordained ministers of the gospel are the ones who really are apprehending God's truth. Scripture, please. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. Moses continued, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. Praise the Lord. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15. Moses told him already, His somebody is going to come because Moses already knew that the Lord was going to come. And that Lord is going to be the one who will serve not just Israel, but the whole of mankind or mankind. Finally, like I said, I've already pointed out, as the Lord of the Sabbath, who is in the best position to explain the law he gave to Moses and of what people have to do, but the lawgiver who came down from heaven himself to be among his people. Praise the Lord. The next thing is they accuse him of consorting with sinners. Scripture, please. Matthew chapter 12, verses 15 to 28. Sorry, verses 13 to 28. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Uh, there were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Praise the Lord. For those who say that believers who still discriminate against people from other tribes or races, think about that. In the world, discrimination is common. People use discrimination to gain power. People use, you know, racists, tribal, whatever, to gain economic advantage. 
That's the world. But children of God have no right to discriminate against anybody, even against unbelievers. Nobody says you should follow them, but don't discriminate against them. Because had there been discrimination, God's son would have taken the form of human beings to come to live in their midst. Yes. Why would he have left heaven to come and live in what common human beings? No. He didn't discriminate. Neither should you and I. But that doesn't mean we have to follow in their sins or in their unbelief. No. Just means we don't, but we reach out to them with the love of Christ. But not. You love them, but not their sins. Just like the Sabbath. The Lord was teaching his followers that the, the values of the kingdom of heaven. That the values of the kingdom of heaven are totally different from those of the world. In the world, discrimination is acceptable and very common and useful for political, for economic, uh, you know, enrichment, whatever. So 21st century followers of Christ who still discriminate should we examine their consciences. Number four. Accused of casting out demons with the power of Satan. Scripture, please. But Jesus knew. But Jesus, but Jesus knew what they were planning. So he left that area and many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious and his name will be the hope of all the world. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, Could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, No wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he's divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I'm empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Matthew chapter 12, verses 15 to 28. Praise the Lord. Let us take a look at verse 18. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. This is prophecy. I will put my spirit upon him. And he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Meaning he is so gentle. Finally, he will cause justice to be what? Victorious. And his name will be the hope of all the world. You see, the prophecy was there. It's been there. The Pharisees knew that about the prophecies. 
And the crowd, you could see, wondered if Jesus is the Messiah. The crowd was willing to give him the benefit of doubt. But not the Pharisees and the scribes. Yet they were the teachers of the law. And they should have known all the Messianic prophecies. They said that their hearts had been hardened because of their wickedness. And Jesus Christ asked a question. Or now concluded that matter by saying, Verse 28. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Praise the Lord. This was a great rebuttal. The kingdom of God has indeed arrived. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today, you have heard. They opposed him then. They are still opposing him today. The religious leaders are still opposing him by preaching doctrines of mammon, doctrines that have nothing to do with God, by imposing things like you have to bring time to go to heaven, by so many such silly, stupid commandments that have nothing to do with Christ, him crucified and resurrected for you and I, who has imputed his righteousness to us, that Father God has said we are sitting with his son in heavenly places with him. And I've made you and I to be dependent on them. For the interpretation of the scriptures, when God has given us the Holy Spirit to teach you and I. So, God's Son gave His life for me and for you. Therefore, I challenge you and I today that giving your life to Him without holding anything back is the irreducible minimum. Minimum is the, is the minimum you, you and I can do. You have to deploy, when I mean resources now, resources are not. People always talk money. Resources means all your time, your talents, including your money, and yourself. You don't contract out preaching the gospel to anybody else. Use your resources, including your life, for him and for him alone. You have been called not to contract and give the money to somebody, not to contract and give your talent to somebody. No, you have been contracted to preach the gospel of the kingdom irrespective of your level in Christianity or whatever. So long as you're a child of God, so long as you are born again, suppose you are, so long as you are spirit-filled, and if you are not asking to fill you with the Holy Spirit, God is asking you today to come all in. Stop struggling. You have to obey Him in all matters, and it's not negotiable. Get His mandate when you are praying with, in your closet with Him. As you are ask Father God, what do you want me to do? Stop contracting people by saying, yes, I'm giving them this. Therefore, it's a lie. It's nothing. God wants you. God wants me to fully devote my life and your life to his service. Doesn't mean you don't do secular work. No. But you are going, you know your priority. Your primary responsibility is what? To preach the gospel. That means you have to live right, of course. There's no point preaching and doing something else. It means you have to devote yourself to the study of the scriptures. It means you have to devote your time to prayer, prayers for unbelieving world, so that those who are around you can believe and repent. Obeying him in all matters is non-negotiable. You can't give him your life with your mouth and take your life with your heart. Both your life spoken with a word, both your heart, total being belongs to him because he bought you and I at the cross. So I want you to join me today to sing this song. Take my life and let it be. And as you sing, 
mean it. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of your love. Meaning we don't do anything except it guides us. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Swift and beautiful for thee. Meaning my total being all for you. my voice and let me sing always only for my king and my lord take my lips and let them be fill with messages for thee my father my god fill with messages from thee Silver and my gold, not a might would I withhold from thee. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose, how so you choose, where so you choose. Every power as thou shalt choose. And make it die, Father God. It shall no longer be mine. My will is to you, O God. Take my heart, it is yours. It shall be your royal throne. It shall be your royal throne. love my Lord I pour at thy feet is treasure store take myself and I'll be ever only all for thee all of me for you my father my God ever only all for thee in Jesus name we pray our father and our God we consecrate our lives to you again we yield all to you, Lord, in your service, in your work. Help us, Lord, by opening the vistas of heaven. Opening our eyes to see the call you have called us into. To see the harvest field, Lord. To help us, Lord, to live right and walk right. And speak right and do right. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your people are there, Lord. The enemy is, the onslaught is there. Since the announcement of the kingdom has been established among your people, Till you come to physically bring it the final conclusion. We are praying, Lord, Father, be with your people. Help them, Lord, to apprehend this truth today. That they are your children. And you have called them to stand in the gap. You have called them because they are children of the kingdom. And the kingdom of God has already been launched. And that they will stand firm for their king and for the kingdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, you are God. They put the devourer for their sakes. 
And whatever demonic influences are to them, Lord, shut them, cast them out in their homes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let no demonic influence remain in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cast out every devil, every satanic influence in the lives of your people, in the homes of your people, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone that preaches against the gospel of the kingdom or has satanic spirits, Lord, cast out from their lives and deliver them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor because you are God and you have called us. Empower your people, Lord. Empower them, Lord, and as they go, may your power flow through them. Kingdoms of the enemy be broken. Satanic fetters be broken. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I will see you people by His grace next Sunday. Praise God.